Welcome to Be Simply This Is She and I want to thank you for joining us in this moment. We are connecting to food, our roots, and today we're connecting to cibo as it's the word is used for food in Italian and last week we did a segment shining a light on Aroma de Roma, a local Italian cafe here in Long Beach, California. And there's something really yummy about Italian food. It really has a heart resonance with it. So when I work with people one-on-one or in groups with the alchemy of food, I really remind them how important it is to bring the energy of the heart into the kitchen. And this is something uh, Italians do really well. They bring heat, a lot of passion, and that heart energy. And it's very comforting. many different times in your life you might remember a warm bowl of pasta that really made you feel better sometimes. So when we talk about food today we're going to shine a light on a common sense Italian cooking book that I found and this chef I really like because she's from Italy and she has a series of cookbooks and what I always look for in a cookbook is reliability is are the recipes good are there some roots to it and is it something that I can go to for inspiration and before we dive in completely to Italian food a little bit deeper this week I want to bring that heart energy in. I want to remind everyone that typically when we're cooking, we'll oftentimes have utensils and if you are enjoying cooking in your kitchen and want to step it up a notch, uh, I really recommend doing some research and understanding what you're cooking with, what your pots, pans are, uh, if you can cook with wood spoons and utensils or stainless steel. These are very clean uh, energies to cook with that don't conflict with the food. If you're using any types of plastics, these can get into the foods and then you're digesting them. So as I'll mention with skincare, you don't want to put anything on your body that you wouldn't eat. There's a lot of reasons for that and that's a whole other segment. Same thing with cooking. You don't want to cook in plastic things or cook with plastic spoons. If you could avoid it, sometimes this may not be possible depending what the set and setting is because those are uh, spoons over time or or spatulas are going to break down from the heat and then start leaking into the food. Similarly, if you're using a stove, an oven, that's preferable. When you start to use things like microwaves and even your outdoor barbecue can be very toxic to your food. So do some research. You don't have to take my word for it, but start to do some research and really educate yourself on what you're putting into your food because sometimes it's not just the food. It's these outside influences that are affecting it. So the heart, this is something we can bring into all cultures, is that we, whether we're using a utensil, but at some point in time, typically our fingers or our hands touch the food, whether we're washing the produce to prepare it, to be cooked or for a salad or if we're mixing a dough or if we're tossing something with our hands or rubbing something down with oil. There's all these different ways that we cook with our hands. Even if you're someone that eats uh, meats or fish fish or anything like that, uh, typically you're going to touch it at some point. You can't just wear gloves. So this is something that Italians do really well. They like to hug, they like to love, and when they put their hands in it, if you're carrying that heart resonance, you're sending that energy into uh, the food. 
one thing I can attest from my own family being part Italian is uh, no matter how much the emotional subset can go up and down a lot in Italian families, there is this amount of love and enjoyment about preparing food for people. So right there that shifts it. When someone, you know, when my aunt would go into the kitchen and she would cook or my grandma would go in the kitchen and even my mom, there was this enjoyment of cooking for us and that shifts the frequency of how you're relating to the food. If you go into the kitchen and are angry about making the food or upset about making the food or upset about something else, you're going to be feeding that into the food and you don't want to be eating that. We can go into Chinese medicine and understand that, that you know we are energetic forms and we're sharing that frequency with everything we touch. So yes, uh, we can have emotions, but when it comes to food, you don't want to continue transferring any negativity into the food that you're going to serve to yourself or others. So when we think about our hands, I always remind people in my classes that I teach, really think about what you want to do with these hands uh, because they're ex an extension of your heart. So when you come in the kitchen, think about, wow, I just really want to make some yummy food for myself and others. And I promise you, you can try it out, but it will change the vibration. And you might feel a little silly at first, but play around with it. Silly's good. And feel free to send me an email about your own conclusions. I don't expect you just to take my word as gospel. So Italians tend to cook with certain foods. So in this day and age we do get a little distorted, uh, especially here in California with food trends and knowing what's good, what's bad. Really that love, love in something really does in my mind supersede a lot of things. So if you're eating something that's made in a factory, barely anyone's touching it, a lot of people aren't happy in that factory, and you're eating that as sustenance, it's not going to be as good as eating a home-cooked meal. It may serve in a moment. You might need that energy bar to get through you know, a long bike ride or until you can get to that home-cooked meal, or you might have a long day at school and need to have some nuts in your pocket. But you can always choose some really valuable snacks to keep around that can really nourish you. And connect with the food, how you feel you have a relationship. And I really love to caution everyone out there that if you have a lot of opinions about food, and I've made this mistake myself, uh, and you overshare with people, it can start to make them feel bad. So be mindful that you've made your food choices for a reason. And if you can just hold back and say, wow, um, I'm going to wait till they ask me. And if someone asks you, about why you eat something, then share the information. It's a really beautiful practice. It's not always easy because you just want to share. But if we just start pontificating stuff that we read, one, it might not be supported by a lot of facts. It might have been a headline in a magazine that didn't even do any research. They just read it from a blog and then put it into their article. So take some time to do the research, if, especially if you will feel you want to pontificate about it and see what comes up when you do that. And then if someone asks, then you can share. Or if they've come to you for assistance, then you know you have a little bit more freedom and responsibility to share to the best of your knowledge. And also I really encourage in this process that if inspired to practice humility, meaning that we gain new bodies of information, we gain new bodies of knowledge, science uh, evolves, and we have a better
better understanding of what is true in that moment and what will serve. So if that truth has shifted, don't be afraid to say like, wow, you know, it's different now. Also, what is really powerful about food, and then we're going to dive into Italy, is that we have to remember that our relationship to food can change. We might really enjoy something. This happens uh, with babies all the time, that we might really, really enjoy something and then we're done with it. You know, we might love bananas and then we're done with it. So your body has different needs at different times, different times of year to honor that and that just because you really resonated with something that helped you during one time, that might have been the medicine and then you put it down. Before we dive into maybe some recipes and shining a light on this cookbook, I thought uh, we would dive into some garlic. <laughs> this is a, a really s- central flavor that's added to a lot of Italian foods and it has a lot of medicinal purposes. A lot of people can have intolerance towards garlic as they get older and this is where you want to do some research about where you're getting that garlic from. Is it organic? How's their soil? It might be more to do with some other things, environmental, how you're cooking it, what you're doing with it, uh, than the actual garlic. So if you notice the sensitivity and then you also want to evaluate what else you're doing in your life. Oftentimes food sensitivities can occur when our liver uh, and spleen are overtaxed and we're not able to digest properly. So when you start to notice digestion issues, you say, wow, I need to start to shift something. I might need to omit something from my diet because I'm noticing I'm not feeling so great after I eat that or I'm, I'm definitely not feeling good after that. You omit them from the diet, but you want to look at, wow, I might, I might just need to do a little more restrictive eating until my body has a chance to catch up, clear out. And with that, I want to know you don't need to do extreme cleanses. Uh, your body is designed to detoxify. However, if you're overindulging, 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 and then you're like, oh, I'm going to do a 20-day cleanse. I just pigged out for the last 30 days. I'm going to do a 20-day cleanse. And then you go back. Then you're creating this big yo-yo uh, dieting situation. You're actually marrying a eating disorder and this is not going to be beneficial long term for your body. So really think about mindfully maybe just taking some things out of the diet, simplifying the foods you eat, less oils, less flavorings, less herbs, whole foods, cooked foods, and see how the body responds. A perfect example is if someone has an upset stomach maybe their uh, bowels are really loose, they might bring in just some toast, some rice, bananas, applesauce, they call this the brat diet. This allows your body to get any bacteria that's out of the intestinal tract and to slowly bring everything back to normal and then you reintroduce foods. That's a more, you know, extreme case where you're having this constant situation and that's one way to bring everything back to normal and then start slowly back. You can't just dive back in uh, to eating a big giant meal. So to listen to the body is really important and then to make slow mindful adjustments so they can last long term and then you can really determine what's happening. Now we'll get back to garlic that we've talked about a few different things. <laughs> garlic. I, this in the is close to the onions and it's pungent and it has 
many healing properties. That's why it's used a lot in pagan traditions, in Italian traditions, and it uh, really allows your body to come back into harmony. It's a it's a probiotic in the sense that it can help expel coldness in the body and it um, resolves blood stagnancies, reduces clotting, and it'll help uh, remove heavy metal parasites and facilitates protein amino acid metabolism. Say that 10 times fast. This uh, oftentimes was used that you might remember people warding off spirits. Well, what happens when you eat a lot of garlic? You can really smell it on your body. It comes out your pores. You can sense how it's really breaking down. Uh, Garlic is really powerful in clearing that system. That's why you can smell it coming out of your body after you've had a lot of it. So what's really nice is that you can roast a little garlic and then you can put that on things. It's a nice easier way than eating raw garlic to clear out that system. A couple things that it helps with is it eliminates worms, unflavorable bacteria, yeast, including candida, promotes the growth of healthy intestinal flora, used for dysentery, pneumonia, tuberculosis, asthma, hay fever, diarrhea, snake bites, Lyme disease, anthrax infection, that's a new one by me, warts, abscesses, and hepatitis. And in chronic conditions, garlic must be taken regularly for several weeks to initiate substantial improvement. So in our Western culture, we tend to want to have instant fixes, but that's not always the case. And garlic, as I mentioned, eliminates toxins from the body, including uh, poisonous metals such as lead and cadmium. So we have this opportunity, if you want, to play around with garlic in the sense uh, to see how it uh, can help you. In the book that I'm reading from right now, Paul Pitchford's Eating uh, Healing with Whole Foods, it has beautiful pages noted, noted to each different ingredient that you might be cooking with and ways that it can help remove different things. In addition, as I'm looking down here, athlete's foot, uh, you can sprinkle it the garlic powder daily on wet feet and let dry and then socks may be worn. Um, A drop of garlic oil in the ear canal helps clear ear infections. So there's all these things that we have readily available that can assist us in coming back into balance. Now the important thing is always to be noted as cautions. Garlic is um, contradicted in heat conditions so Red faces and eye sensations of feeling too hot, adverse heat, canker sores, uh, these might be signs that you're having an adverse reaction to the garlic. So listen, um, in Chinese herbology claims too much garlic damages the stomach and liver. So this might be where you have that sensitivity. But as I mentioned, if the liver's overtaxed, if you're a heavy drinker and then all of a sudden you're starting to notice that you have a reaction to the garlic, Your body might be saying, hey, my liver's overtaxed, I need a rest. So take off the alcohol, take off the garlic, and then slowly bring back um, some of these things after you've eliminated a lot of aggravating foods and beverages to your intestinal tract and your liver. 
and this is how it's done for children so the same thing applies for adults that's why you could go to simple rice you'll be fine and this isn't to get that bathing suit body this is to actually get your body functioning back to normal so be really certain about how you're eating and why you're eating certain ways and so as you can see this garlic base that's in most Italian food has a lot of medicinal qualities and for you to check in as to how it's impacting you in your daily life so from there what I'd like to do is for you just to reminisce in your mind's eye of maybe an Italian meal that you had that was really yummy and maybe you can remember some of the flavors maybe you can remember who prepared it, where you were, maybe you were in Italy, maybe you were in a beautiful uh, home with some friends and family and enjoying um, one another. And as you connect to that, you might start to notice how you feel in that moment when you recall that meal. Now, one thing that does happen in the Italian culture, sometimes, more than not, is overeating. However, if you're in Italy, you'll realize that the big meals are meant for long eating periods where you would eat all day and there's special celebrations. You don't eat that way every single day. So when you know this, then you can realize that, wow, we're together for a gathering, we're together to enjoy one another, and I have the opportunity to uh, eat and enjoy but mindfully so you would eat small amounts all day long and then you check in you might pass on a course or two and see what happens from there so as we just connect a little bit deeper to that memory we're going to just take a pause for a moment we're going to listen to a little bit of Italian opera by a friend of mine, Tara Rose Davison's Sono Troppo Innocente. And as you listen, uh, we don't get to listen to opera all the time. Maybe never. It might not be uh, your thing. However, there's something really beautiful about the composition of a song like this. And it can, if you allow yourself to be with it, you can see how it feeds not only your body, your soul, but also your mind. And then when we come back, we'll dive into a few more ingredients in Italian food and then talk a little bit more about how you can bring some of that love and culture into your everyday life. Oh, 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 oh,
Davison and Sonotropo Innocente and hopefully during that little respite you were able to enjoy her music and her voice and connect to Italia and thinking of an Italian food that you have enjoyed. Now uh, right now where we are currently on planet earth there's a lot of elements of Italian food that get a bum rap, uh, one being bread a lot of people have quote-unquote perceived gluten sensitivities I would really encourage everyone out there if they are having sensitivities with their intestinal tract and or an allergic reaction go and get tested so you really can verify that what you're eliminating is the right thing you can misdiagnose an allergy I've had food allergies all my life you can think you know what you're allergic to and sometimes you might be surprised at what you find out and that way you can get relief sooner. In addition, it might be the quality of food that you're receiving and or a combination of things. So find out for sure rather than following trends and I do mean trends. So there's nothing like some yummy bread, warm cooked, a nice baguette. Uh, if you follow food combining you want to make sure you have some oil on that bread or fats on that bread it helps digest so bread is one thing pastas are another thing again would fall into that gluten uh, category being a traditionalist on many things tried and true Italian I can't bring myself to do that I would rather have just no bread for a while uh, and I don't have a gluten allergy but I do have a yeast allergy so this speaks to that point I just don't have it and then occasionally I treat myself for it and if I'm in Italy I totally go for it and know that I'll have some feedback loop but that's okay I just want to enjoy myself uh, there's ways around these things at all times and the same with pasta I, can I manage that just fine so you will find what works for you and now with all the vegan options there's many ways that you can still have this yummy quality of Italian food by making zucchini pasta if you will but there's still something really powerful the vegetables like to be with pasta you know they grow together out in the fields so they like to hang out together and this is how I try to get people to have a conversation with food is what likes to be with what and you start to realize uh, what does like to be with what and how they work well together in flavorings and so forth. 
with Italian food, there are so many beautiful options. So really everyone's dietary needs can be met, which is really beautiful. And you can really understand a region of the country based on what their pride is and what they grow, what they farm, what they raise and serve. And they really spend some time with that. Even bread alone in Italy, is very different from one region to the next and you uh, might find that they're like if you're in Tuscany the Tuscan bread has no salt in it and it's a farm rustic bread but really yummy with olive oils and vinegars and many other things on top of it also drenched in sauces and soups so within each region, just when you travel through this country, you can experience so many different flavors. And this is true all around the world. If you're in the Philippines, if you're in Vietnam, if you're in Thailand, different countries, you can travel through regions and they have their own little expression. And Italy is also known for expression, definitely uh, sometimes loud <laughs> and sometimes uh very argumentative in in a way that there can be a lot of heated conversations over a meal uh, a lot usually repetitive and sometimes uh, circular however there's also a lot of laughter and joy and love so when we look at Italian food as I mentioned there's something for everyone here another key ingredient that's used is basil so this is also there's um, different types of basils in the east and basil creates heat it can help with asthma and it's a beautiful ingredient that has a lot of power that you can put into salads you can put into pesto sauces your tomato sauces all these wonderful things and it adds just that little bit of flavor and it loves being with a tomato it loves being with garlic it loves being with olive oil onions all of those things mix really well it likes being with nuts <laughs> so this is how I like to cook and it grows really beautifully uh, in Italy also grows really beautifully in Southern California most of the year and this is to be noted it'll it grows really predominantly in the summer when it, the tomatoes are growing into the fall and then it dwindles off and then we'll be planting it soon enough so it's about a half year plant that you'll be ingesting in your diet and when we bring in eating by season you'll realize basically if you were living in California you can only get that basil unless you're going to the supermarket and they're getting it from other countries about six months out of the year so when we also look at tolerance the same with garlic there's all these different seasons and the garlic and onion families come in that winter when we need more protection with our immune system that those are the times of year we want to increase that and then we let that dwindle uh, well because those aren't as available and this will vary based on where you are in the world. So the book that I found that I was really excited about is Lydia's Common Sense Italian Cooking. And the, her books, and I looked at several in the bookstore, uh, are really beautiful. And the recipes are really nice. And they're just authentic in that, that sense. So that's what I really like. There's a lot of uh, nouveau Italian. There's nothing wrong with it. It's where someone meets Italy now, and that's great. But my heart always goes back to some of those traditional recipes. 
in some of the recipes you might only get when you're over in Italy not necessarily here in the States one thing that's fun to play with and it is an art form is making fresh pasta now this might be an option so for those that are having allergies or intolerance and they can really figure out what flour they're putting in they can play around with some different flours and then it's eggs salt virgin olive oil and some water and then it's the mixing and how you're handling this this is a beautiful time to put love into uh, your pasta and it's gonna really be present as you create the dishes the other key ingredient uh, when you're doing any pastas if you want to make them is what you're gonna add to it and that's the flexibility of Italian food Typically, when you go to an Italian meal, you will have uh, appetizers, like antipasta before dinner. Then you'll have your primi and your secondi, and then you might introduce some extra side dishes with that, some voduri, some, and then you'll have desserts. And then this could be stretched out even further. Again, you're eating in these little cycles with your food, and it is a really nice way because your digestion has a chance to process everything you're putting in it and go from one course to the next and this as I mentioned is not typical to eat all these meals at every single sitting you can it's perfectly fine to go into an Italian restaurant especially in Italy and just order a segundi if that's all you can manage or if you're just wanting a primi a pasta that's fine too and they're very accommodating towards that they don't expect everyone to eat it's also a fun way to order just a couple dishes maybe that pasta share and your segundi and share those and then a couple dolces a couple desserts share and this is how the conversation starts flowing around and you have the opportunity to just see what happens so what we're going to do is we're going to take another little brief break uh, i have the leak link below for lydia's book that you can check out. She has several, so you can go to a local bookstore or check out them out online and see what speaks to you. One of, for me, I really look for inspiration, adaptability, because I might have my own ideas of how I would like to flow, and then how you can do pairings in a book. It's always nice that if you could create a whole menu from one cookbook, it makes things a lot easier and it makes it really fun uh, to play with that way and shopping uh, lists are flow usually a little bit more simplistically that way especially if you're entertaining for a group of people we are going to take a moment just take a breath and see if you can connect with yourself and how you've been eating lately and if you've been bringing that love into your life and what that feels like if you would like to bring that energy of love into your food and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about how we can show ourselves respect with how we choose to eat on a daily basis we are going to listen to another piece by Tara Rose a uh, Carolina and when we return we'll talk a little bit more about that respect
Caro Rose. And as mentioned, you know, in this day and age, we don't listen to a lot of opera, classical music. However, in the right set and setting, it can really feed the soul, the mind, and take us back um, to some complexity that's much greater than what we hear on a day-to-day basis. Now, an interesting thing that happens in Italian culture, and I'm speaking because I am part Italian and witnessed it and participated in it, is there's this sometimes overbearing, demanding way about Italians in the sense, uh, not as a criticism, but there's a word that often gets requested is respect. And this goes beyond just an Italian culture, it goes all cultures. People come to me and work with me one-on-one and they often will say, I want respect. Well, you can't demand that from someone. You can request it and they can decide if they're going to show it to you or not. However, the easiest way to start to get there is to respect yourself. So if you're living a life that isn't very respectful, meaning that the way you're nourishing yourself, the way you're taking care of your body, it's going to be really hard to demand that from other people because the outward signs are, hey, I am not in a place to take care of myself. And that might be for a wide variety of reasons. The good news is in this day and age, we have so many resources to assist us to get mentally well, physically well, emotionally well, spiritually well. So it's really a choice because there's so much accessibility to go out there and figure out how you can do this. And on these food segments connecting to our roots and cultural traditions, you know, when you travel around the world, if you have the opportunity to do this, all cultures that I've intersected love to join together as a family over a meal. And there's something so beautiful about that, having conversation and enjoying the food, connecting even if it's for a brief moment. And then if everyone disseminates and goes off in their own direction, at least you had that touch point. So when we do that, there's this opportunity to be one, respectful to one another, respectful to self by not overeating, even if all the choices are not what you normally would abide in, you can still be respectful by tasting and enjoying. I remember one time being in Greece and someone that was taking us to a traditional Greek meal, he kept saying, you have to eat everything. And I promised him, I said, I will eat everything that's put in front of me. I will try it. I will eat it. And, you know, it's in those moments that you have such a beautiful experience of the pride in the food, the just connectivity, the joy, the stories, and the sincere uh, offering of someone wanting to nourish you. And this is why I get really inspired by Italy, because there's, at the end of the day, at the end of maybe emotions flaring, arguments, debates, all of those things, there's this sense of love and kinship and family that creates a pretty, pretty strong bond. And that is something that's even stronger than family blood. It's, it's just a sense of that I got your back. And where that starts for me is those conversations at the table, taking the time 
to engage in those conversations, not only with other people, but yourself. So if inspired, I thought I would close out the segment this way, is for you to take some time to really think about your food experiences, your cultural experiences, and have they touched that heart center? Has there been a moment where you've been traveling and you connected to that love and adoration? And what was in the set and setting? And how would you like to create more of those moments in your life? And it doesn't have to just be with Italian food, but there's this opportunity to really think, how would I like to do this? And it can be done simply. It's another great reason for simple pastas are great dishes to make for the family, especially if you're overtaxed in a situation, meaning you're working long hours. You can easily uh, put together some ingredients that everyone likes, create the pasta, and then serve it that way. You can even serve the pasta base and all the side ingredients. You get this in China a lot, all the side ingredients, and then you can add to your dish how you like. So everyone can meet their needs. And this is really important when you look at Chinese medicine and Ayurveda. So ask yourself how I could bring that love I felt in that moment or this moment, and how can I cultivate that, not only for myself, but when I'm enjoying a meal with others. And what does that look like? And if inspired, start to bring a little bit of that into your life on a daily basis, even if it's to sit down and have a nice cup of tea or a bowl of porridge in the morning with yourself or your family, your partner, and really fill it with a lot of love, amore, and see what happens. See if you can bring that presence and joy into those moments really intentionally enter the kitchen as a sanctuary and relate to the food and the ingredients that you have in the kitchen with love and joy and if at any point you're not feeling it meaning that you're having emotions all those things stay out of the kitchen for a while you more than likely have too much heat and fire in your stomach not a great time to eat and wait till you cool off But see if you can start with that respect word right there by respecting and honoring the process of creating food and allowing yourself to feel into it and then allowing everyone to contribute in their way what they feel is yummy. Maybe you don't, but maybe you can bend a little here or there and meet them halfway. So today as we exit out, if you're inspired uh, to research more and test some things out. You can check out The Healing with Whole Foods by Paul Pitchford. You can also connect to Lydia's Common Sense Italian Cooking and her other cookbooks that she has. Or you can just take a nice rainy afternoon or snowy afternoon or sunny afternoon and go to a bookstore, travel through the travel section and the cooking section and see what jumps out at you to see what maybe you'd like to take home with you and start to explore. We're going to exit out with two Italian songs. Uh, One is called, well, they're odes to Italian. One is by Chris Botti, Italia. This uh, has Andrea Bocelli in it. So you are probably familiar with that from more of a mainstream artist. And then we're also going to listen to Venice by a group called Beirut. 
and it's just very nostalgic. And as you exit out today, you can allow it to play in the background and just think about how you can bring some traditions, some culture, some food, and respect for yourself into your everyday life and see what happens. And if you're inspired, send me a, a little note and share your findings. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, this is She signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a big smile, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 